It is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. We occasionally come to you from our beautiful Southside and Brooklyn, New York estate. Southside Chicago and Brooklyn, New York estates. I'm Mike Fleischman. That is Matt Mellemsetter. Uh, we're talking, of course, about uh, barging through the crowds of people that, that have come to see a, a glimpse of Taylor Swift as she comes out of her apartment. You live and and work in beautiful New York, New York. Do you have a celebrity sighting? Like, do you have a notable one? Um, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a good amount. Uh, probably the best one. The one that I've interacted with the most is um, Amy Poehler shops at my store with some frequency. Okay. So I have, I, I, I have the claim to fame of of making Amy Poehler laugh one time. Oh, awesome! Um, my wife's a big fan of hers. Yeah. We, we did a joke. We we did a little bit. A little banter. Um, no, she she swings by every once in a while. Um, that's probably the best one. I saw the, I saw Frank from Succession. I always forget his real name. Um, I saw him in a, um, like a the white like a shirt outside of a mm-hmm. sh- suit store in just the suit pants. Uh, just staring in the window, and I was like, "You're about to go in and buy a jacket, aren't you?" Pal? <laughs> <laughs> You're about to go in there and buy a jacket. Um, that, that's it. My, I, my most recent is Notre Dame head football coach Marcus Freeman. Okay. Which, which that's that's nice. But uh, you, you say hello. Oh yeah, yeah. We we've had a couple of, of very low stakes conversations. I'm not going to see him until uh, yeah. I'm not going to see him until August, but I'll, I'll make sure to pass that along. That's yeah. a that's a football season run into where uh, we just find ourselves standing in the same press box every once in a while um, for our, for our various concerns. But um, other than that, most recently I I walked past David Tennant on uh, on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, yeah. and we exchanged polite nods. One of one of my favorite my I had a buddy that was walking in uh, he was walking on Milwaukee in like Wicker Park and he sees Taylor Bennett, uh, Chance the Rapper's uh younger brother, I believe. And and Taylor's walking with his head kinda looking around, kinda looking at people, and my buddy makes eye contact with him, nods and gives him a wave, and Taylor lights up. Wave back. Oh man! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh that no. sucks to hear." Yeah, that's, that's sad. Like, he, that's he was sad. like just starting to try and get his rap career going. Um, He's like, "Oh," he was just looking for a somebody to go like, "Hey, you're you're that guy, aren't you?" <laughs> yeah. My buddy obliged, and it made his day. Yeah, David Tennant kind of had the the opposite feeling of like, "Boy, I sure hope." I sure hope these these people who might recognize me don't don't talk to me, and and my my polite nod I think was uh, was enough to like to to pass along the fact that like no I, I don't need to ask you about about being Doctor Who. <laughs> I I wouldn't even have any questions about it really. <laughs> I know that you did it. That's all I yeah. need to know. Hello. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Say hi to the other. I'm just, like, do the other. Do you all hang out? <laughs> some, chat. Yeah, someday. Yeah, someday. Email wanna, chain. If I'm if I'm drunk or something, I'll <laughs> just like. Do you guys all hang out? Do you know Chris a question? <laughs> I gotta watch the new uh, new Doctor Who season, but uh, 
Matt, I, w- I want to go back to, to talking about the Packers. I remember the Packers were sitting at 2-4, and four, and I remember saying, you know what, a decent stretch of games ends up with the Packers sitting 6-6 six and six and in the playoff hunt at the end of Week 13. They did that the hardest possible way they could. <laughs> but God damn it, they did it. They did it. They could they, not have made sure it more did. difficult. Um, they sure did. They lost a couple they should have won, and they won a couple they should have lost. But you take it any way you slice it, the Packers are 6-6. Six and six. Well, the, the things that, that the national media are talking about are, of course, like the things that deserve a little bit of, of scrutiny. But the way they're going about it, I think, is wrong in that, like, you, know, you and I have been sitting on on this podcast for the entire season going like Jordan Love is playing pretty well and some of these other guys need to get up onto his level and take advantage of the chances that he's creating for them in this offense and what do you know that has that has happened and now all of a sudden you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of national media people are going like I was totally wrong about Jordan Love and it's like well you still are if you think that but it's been great to see the development of this offense around him. It's it's been fun to watch. I you know I, I forget whose video I was just watching before we recorded, um, and they were talking about like you gotta admire this young, extremely talented wide receiver core. They're just playing out of their minds right now. And I was like, well, I, they're playing pretty well. They're just doing the right things right now. I, th- I, th- I think Christian Watson's taken a step forward. I think Romeo Dobbs has looked as solid as he had all- has all year. I think Jaden Reed looks good. They're getting him more involved. But it was like, oh, man, where was where was the where were the complaints uh, about the receiving core when everybody was saying Jordan Love is is down the toilet? He's, he's looking terrible. He's he's been he's doing the same thing he's been doing all year. Yeah, and as that's about the point where when that was happening, those losses against Denver, that you know, the loss against Atlanta, the loss uh, particularly in that stretch of Lions, Raiders, Broncos, Vikings. I, I was sitting there going, my someone has to catch one of these balls that he's throwing at people because it looked to me, and I would love to you know I'd love for time to prove me correct on this hasn't yet, but it sure looked to me like this was a guy who was making making not only some like nice you know take for granted that an NFL quarterback can make these throws kind of throws, but he was also making some one in a hundred throws. Like once or twice a game, he was throwing stuff to people that um, I don't know that they were quite ready and expecting. And that I think I think that he was actually taking people off guard. And that this receiver core just wasn't quite ready for the the balls that they were getting from him in the situations that they were seeing it, and I, yeah, that's that's an I'm almost saying like, well, he was just too good <laughs> for for his young guys, but I think it's more that his young guys weren't quite ready to be around a quarterback who was willing to take those kind of kind of risks and make those kind of throws. Yeah, I mean, none of these receivers saw a quarterback in their first year who is taking those kind of risks and throwing into those tight of windows. Aaron Rodgers wasn't throwing a lot of this stuff. We're seeing Jordan love throw last year. Aaron Rodgers wasn't doing a whole ton of, uh, 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 throwing the ball, uh, last year. Um, we've seen a couple one in 1000, one in 10,000 throws the last couple of weeks from Jordan love, uh, the Jaden Reed touchdown in the Lions game 
was one in a million. And the the Romeo Dobbs prayer on, I believe it was fourth down um, against the Chiefs was just outrageous. I be- can't remember the last time. It hit time him between the eight like and that. the seven. <laughs> it's, it, it hit him between the eight and the, eight, eight and the seven while Romeo Dobbs was laying on the ground. Um, just a a, a, a bomb, a, uh, a like a air surface to air missile that came back to the ground. You know, just an outrageous trajectory on that ball. Um, two just uh, a couple unreal throws Jordan Love has had recently, and and. Now it feels like the whole team is working in cohesion and it's winning ball games that a team with this youth and talent level should not necessarily be winning. Um, uh, yeah. But maybe it tells us a little bit more about the Chiefs than, than we might have been thinking. My read, especially in that four-game losing streak, was that, that something with the Packers' mindset and culture was just not quite where it needed to be. And I remember being mad at the time. You know, you make that trade, you get Rasul Douglas off of the roster, and nothing came out about him. There was no sort of tabloid stuff about him. But you just have that moment where, where like someone who has seemed to be a key part of the team and a key part of like the chemistry of the team gets like tossed out of the building. Then everyone gets hurt, and all of a sudden you've got a team coming off of a Chargers win, going into a game. At Detroit on Thanksgiving with absolutely nobody. I, rem- I remember sitting with Amy, and we were we were gonna, you know, just enjoy this game. But at the same time, we were laughing about the idea of like, okay, no- who's available for the Packers today? Well, you see, it's nobody. Like, there's there's no Aaron Jones, there's no Jair Alexander. Uh, both starting safeties are out. Both start- both starting cornerbacks are out. The starting running back is out. Like this, this is not this is not the team that Green Bay wants to come into a game, especially after what happened to them against Detroit the first time out. But they came out and just slugged the Lions. And it's not so much about like, oh my gosh, a bunch of guys from the third string, second string played really well. It's that the entire team looked so much better. And you know, it's that it's not unquantifiable. But like there was there was a speed and there was an attitude to it that I was beginning to worry that like Matt Lafleur couldn't bring out of guys. It just felt like everybody did their job for the first time. Uh, it just felt like there were no huge mental errors. It, regardless of you know like, regardless of the talent that was on display, the raw talent. Guys are just in the right spots. I, th- I think the thing that, that changes how the offense has looked is, is you know, receivers are running the right routes. The offensive line, for the most part, has looked pretty good. Matt LaFleur's, like, play calling and game planning has looked a step up as if now he trusts them to do things. Um, where before it felt like almost like there was too much on the plate at the beginning of the games, and then we're pulling it back and we're calling it. And now it just feels like everybody's just doing the right thing. It seems effortless and seamless. And guys are playing so fast, especially on defense. There's there's a progression in the way the Packers are using motion, pre-snap on offense. Of course, like 
you know, we, we've been watching that for years with Matt LaFleur. That's that's key to what he's doing. It, it keys on, on what kind of defense that uh, is lined up against you, and then you have all these different looks out of it, and all of a sudden you've got a wideout in Jaden Reed, and Christian Watson, for whatever reason, has not been an effective runner on the jet sweep or the motion play. But all of a sudden you've got a guy in Reed who – it can seems to have a much better knack for uh, for hitting a hole and turning a corner and and making the right read as to where his cuts and his acceleration is in in that game and that is a huge huge advantage for the Packers now especially if you don't have Aaron Jones and you can't run the patented Aaron Jones zone cutback play which has I think probably averaged at least five and a half yards a carry since he was a pro. Well, he averages about five a carry anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jaden Reed, the last couple of weeks, it's seemed like they've put him into, turned him into like a Debo Samuel light role um, of like, yeah, he's effective out of the backfield. I think he's more effective than Christian Watson on the sweeps and stuff like that. Just because Jaden Reed feels like he can stop on a dime and burst out of it. Uh, where Watson has that top-end speed, but it feels like he's always rounding cuts and not necessarily chopping down and bursting out of them. Um, Jaden Reed, I think, has been the most essential part of all of this gelling over the last couple of weeks. He's been he's been phenomenal this year. The other guy that I think I, I, I'm shocked by this based on how he looked in the first four weeks of the season is this is a different A.J. Dillon than we've seen, and... You know, it's it's like it's the inverse of watching the Packers punters get bad as soon as we get to December, and the weather turns cold. You get to watch AJ Dillon. All of a sudden, your your um, your running back, who's built like a stone slab, starts to look way more effective when it's 30 degrees in the fourth quarter, third quarter of uh, of home games. Which that has been a nice little thing because with Dillon, it's clearly not only been like an increase in effort and and an increase in his usage but also like there is a there there's a different there's a different attitude to him as well like he's playing he's playing like a different guy and his team is is reacting around him in a way that wasn't there for the first uh, first 5 weeks early on i i, re- I remember hearing an aj dillon quote like in an in a post game interview where somebody asked him like you know aj you're he ran, you know, twelve times for twenty-seven yards today. What's what's going on? And his answer was something along the lines of like, "I don't really see it that way. I see, I picked up the yards when we needed them. I got the first downs. I kept it moving. I wasn't trying to break anything. And I think now you're seeing somebody that's running with a little bit more aggression on early downs, um, and." Yeah, every year he seems to get monumentally better when the temperature drops. Nobody wants to tackle a 255-pound tree trunk man. Yeah. The other the other thing I want to highlight from this Lions game is that we are also watching, and it's not just Green Bay in this situation, we are watching, um, I think, the league figure out a little bit about Dan Campbell. Because some of his tricks didn't work and you know i know detroit is eight and three and exactly where they want to be right now but all the same like dan campbell is starting to uh, 
starting to hit the wall where people are no longer taken by surprise by insane fake punt calls. And and I I think that I think Detroit had uh had a couple of like real unforced errors in this game along those lines. Yeah, I you know, I think I think a lot of the Detroit game comes down to like also pressure on golf, but that's it. Yeah, the Packers really get pressure on golf and that puts everybody into a tough spot and when the tough spot and being aggressive for Dan Campbell is you're already being maximum aggressive. There's nowhere else you can go. Uh, and yeah, like people have caught on to the, the throwbacks and the flea flickers and the wide receiver pass and the fake punts on in your own deep in your own territory. Everybody, everybody knows that's how you, how he runs a game. Everybody knows his, his strategy. Um, and if if Goff's going to give it up as many times as he has been the last couple of weeks, they're kind of they're in hot water. Yeah, that fake punt was one in particular where where I'm just on my on my couch shouting fake as it happens because you've got like you've got your up man and there's I've seen the breakdowns too. It's like why on earth would you run that play instead of like taking a timeout or audibling out of it into a real punt? when you can, like, clearly look at what Green Bay is lined up and know, like, everyone in the backfield has a man just, like, making direct eye contact with them. Like, there's, there's like, two spies on your guys in the backfield for this punt formation. Like, why on earth even snap that? That was one of those, like, real inexplicable, uh, real inexplicable calls, and I thought that was, I was like, that's going to, you know, if Dan Campbell's a good coach, he's going to, like, those kind of things are going to stop happening to him. Where like that was the uh, that was the precise wrong time to uh, to run something like that, but yeah, all the same. Like uh, I wanted to I wanted to know one guy on Detroit that I'm I'm terrified of, and that's Jamison Williams. This guy, he, he's fast as can this, be. This guy, that's about as fast as I've seen someone move on my TV screen in a long time. Yeah, as long as he can stop uh, betting on oh games, I think he'll be he'll be pretty good. Uh, that's the the issue. Yeah, moving on to the the Chiefs game, we we foreshadowed this a little bit in that yeah, this is not last year's Chiefs. That's pretty obvious. Like Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez Scantling are uh, are are uh, are major downgrades for who they've got at receiver. Uh, their their offensive line clearly isn't quite up to the task the uh, the way it was last year. Patrick Mahomes is still really, really fucking good. That guy is fantastic, but uh, but a road game where uh, where the Packers were able to make a couple of, of really good plays and play great on offense, like that's it was kind of a, a two blueprint games in a row. Like that is how you beat the Lions. The Packers kind of showed a bunch of teams how you how you beat Detroit, and then the um, the Packers showed a bunch of teams how you beat the Chiefs. But you know, frankly, like that's that's been kind of that's happened already. Like other teams, you know, four different teams now have shown that they can they can beat Kansas City. Yeah, the the books out on Kansas City, and you know, Travis Kelsey's still pretty good. Um, he 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 got some busted coverages on a couple of his his big catches. Rasheed Rice is all right. Yeah, he passes uh, the eye it, test. I like him. Early in the year, he was leading the league in like drop percentage, 
uh, I believe, but he seems to have come along. But the one thing that I noticed in this game more than anything is is the Mahomes to Rodgers comps felt pretty on the money because I wasn't seeing Patrick Mahomes deliver in rhythm very much, which, you know, isn't his game. But so much of what I was seeing out of Patrick Mahomes was right around the line of scrimmage, like sub five yards depth of target if he's throwing in rhythm. And if he wasn't, he's going to scramble around and scramble around, and there's nothing there. And a lot of this game, the Packers are rushing three or four, dropping a bunch of guys into coverage, and just locking down on the scramble drill. And the young receivers and not very good receivers in Kansas City aren't great at the scramble drill. There's one. They got one guy. It's Travis Kelsey, and that's that's it. If he breaks contain, um, you know, it, it it was it was tough. I wasn't. It was the worst game I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in a in a. It felt like a while. Yeah, he he was not very good. The interception against him was probably one of the best reads that I've seen a defensive back make in a while. I mean, that's not a great ball from Patrick Mahomes, but all the same. Like that play, they talked about it on the broadcast, that play has been torching people for years and years and years. And all of a sudden the Packers are just ready for the wheel route. Jump it and take it away. That that was that was so huge. And I'm impressed when any any team is able to do that to Mahomes because my goodness, he just seems to over and over deliver these perfect throws out of duress. But like uh, being able to take away like one, take the ball away once against Kansas City this year, and all of a sudden you have a shot. I love that. Yeah, um, I, I Keyshawn Nixon said he was. They were watching mannerism tape, and they picked up that when Mahomes does this one thing, that's the the play that they go to, and that's the throw he's going to make, and. Yeah, he just he he ran the route for the receiver. Um, you know, obviously Kansas City Patrick Mahomes came out and said like that's not true. We've never done that before ever in the whole <laughs> world. We never would have done that. Um, but I mean, Nixon ran the route for Sky Moore. He, he Sky Moore could have walked out of the building. There was no reason he was running that route. Keyshawn was already running it. And Patrick Mahomes delivered just a perfect ball to Keyshawn Nixon, just out of the reach yeah. of Sky Moore. Just like, what a throw! Get him down the sideline, get him going the other way. What a, what a, what a throw from Patrick Mahomes! I feel like this is the third um, third time I've asked this sort of rhetorical question, which is, who the fuck is Keyshawn Nixon? Who is this guy? Where did he go? We've we've seen him. I mean, I believe that he's like, you know, the second ranked kick returner in the NFL, which makes sense because he brings every single kick out there's i don't know if he's taking the touchback yet this year no um but the last couple of weeks especially as this uh you know cornerback and in, in defensive back room has has dwindled in numbers Keyshawn nixon has looked pretty darn good well you you certainly don't doubt his lack of con- you don't doubt his confidence <laughs> no that's there we've known that's been there <laughs> he's he's got that in spades. He's doing fine on that front. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of a there's a different sauce to some of these guys. I'm I'm thinking particularly of Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, and Tucker Craft. Like these guys are getting a bunch of playing time and they have a different mindset 
than than some other football players. Like these are not guys who who play with a lot of concern for finesse. My long-term shot in the dark, and could be wrong. I think Tucker Craft is going to be better than Luke Musgrave. Uh, I think he'll be in Green Bay longer. He he just he just gives me like smaller Gronk vibes. Just this big, huge, rumbling, corn-fed body that's going to run over guys and block really well. I mean, we know you and like Musgraves, a yeah. We know you like a South Jimmy, Dakota man. I love a South Dakota boy. I, I believe Jack Cochran, uh, linebacker for the Chiefs, is also a South Dakota boy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he is. Um, but he just, he's just so big. Like Musgrave feels more like the Jimmy Graham, like up the seam, semi receiver tight end. Tucker Craft feels like he's, he's going to bust open some big runs with the blocks and just bowl over a couple guys on a, on a quick little out route. Yeah, it has been it has been a nice little change of pace to have to have Kraft in, and I remember we were talking about Jonathan Owens, and I was kind of sitting there going, again, a same with Keyshawn Nixon, like who is this guy? We're having this who is this guy moment, and then he reels off like two of the best games of his career immediately after we asked that question. Like this is this is some of those things that like start going right when teams pick it up and have this kind of run. It's not just a matter of like. Oh, some of the guys who weren't playing well are are all of a sudden playing well. Some of these guys get chances, and it turns out that they could actually be contributors. Those are those are good finds, and you've got to you've got to credit some some player personnel decisions for having the cupboard not be bare. You know, having this not turn into turn into a season where like, oh, our number one and two options are frequently not available on the field. Like we're playing way below replacement level guys who are not going to stick in the league. Like. Like some of these, some of these back end of the draft decisions have been have been really, really smart in these free agent signings. You gotta like it. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Owens has been has been great in you know this this uh, the safety positions this year have been kind of a revolving door of in, of, of injuries, and Jonathan Owens has looked pretty solid. The last couple of weeks, um, I know early in the year I wasn't super high on him, but since you know the Darnell Savage injury and he's he's filled in, Rudy Ford got hurt too. He's he's filled in for those two. He's looked pretty pretty darn good. Sure, um, I I remember you know, the, liking the numbers that he put up in Houston, but then again, you also realize that anytime that a guy is recording those kind of numbers on a a really bad team. It's because he's just always out there, and he's a safety yeah. making a ton of tackles, which means that like teams are just r- ripping big plays against you all the time. Yeah, he he's he's been like a nose for the ball. He's putting a shoulder on a guy. Um, you know, he get he gets called for that bogus, uh, unnecessary roughness penalty on 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 Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, trying to run out of bounds, and it's just like. Man, he beat him to the spot. What what burst to get to the spot and get there? Um, no, I've, I've been I've been very happy to watch Jonathan Owens. He's looked great, Mister Simone Biles, getting the gold medal. You brought me right to the thing I wanted to talk about next, which was the end of that Chiefs game. 
which was Hilarious. positively clownish. I am, I, and this was not a game that was dictated by the refs in any way, shape, or form for the first 58 minutes of its duration. And then all of a sudden it comes to the end and it's prime time and these fucking clowns <laughs> decide that it's time. They forgot what they were doing. It's time to get on prime time. And you know, there's there's a there's of course a a, a legitimate grievance as to why Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, wasn't wasn't able to draw a penalty on a pass interference, but like you're dealing with a situation where if the refs knew what they were doing, the game would have been over at the time that yeah. that ball was thrown. Because you have that. like, I mean, admittedly, like it's a very it's a complex play. Like it's one of those ones that probably come up on those advanced referee exams. When it comes down to, like, you have, you know, Isaiah Pacheco is tackled. The ball comes out, and it is ruled a fumble on the field. It is recovered by the defense. After the recovery, Isaiah Pacheco commits an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Um, And then upon replay, it is revealed that the fumble did not happen. It was, in fact, down by contact, making Pacheco's penalty a dead ball penalty. But, like, you know, you have the... You have the runoff there that wasn't assessed. You have the uh, the play against the the hit that was called on Mahomes, which was absolute nonsense. And again, the broadcast crew was right at the time. Like they brought up the the fact that like Mahomes has clowned guys along the sideline before. Like you have to hit him. Yeah, he has gone to the sideline, gone right to the exact spot that he, he was. Waited for a guy to let up, and then like stiff arm that guy, and and like clowned on him. Like Mahomes mm-hmm. has taken full advantage of the fact that teams are trying not to hit him on the sidelines, and so when someone actually does put a lick on him on the sidelines, yeah, that to me was unbelievable. Which gets me to my uh, my rant of the week. It's really my, my rant of the season. But like, if if you are if you are going to turn officiating into a replay and digitally assisted endeavor. You have to fucking do it or not do it. Like, if it's going to be, like, we are going to use, like, immediate and quickly available high-def digital replays of what just happened in order to get the plays right, you can't do that sometimes and then tell me you can't... and then you can't say, oh, I can do this sometimes, but not some other times. And the difference between the times when I can do it and I can't do it, well, you know, you, you are not allowed to do that. It's got to be, it's, it's got to be re- like you have to have video review or not. It, uh, you know, they, they tried to do the pass interference can be challenged thing a couple of years yeah. ago, and not a single one got overturned throughout the year. And it was like, oh, man, you'll never do it. You, you have no interest in getting this right, ever. Um, no, the Mahomes one was bad. The Pacheco one was bad. There's no runoff. Um, and then a few plays later, there's, uh, I, forget, I believe, Faldis Gantling catches it, but I might be wrong, and gets pushed backwards out of bounds. So the yeah. clock should be running from that point. Yep. They, they stop it. They blow it dead. Um, and so the, the pass interference to Pacheco, to Valdez Scantling shouldn't have happened or it would have been the very last play of the game. Um, and then we get to my favorite of them all is the, the, the slight push on Travis Kelsey that 
erupts Chris Collinsworth. Oh my god. <laughs> I was what you... I was baffled. What was Chris Collinsworth fucking talking about? I have no idea. I've watched a lot of football in my life. I've seen that on every single one. We will we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that Travis Kelsey starts and ignites the contact. Uh, we'll ignore that Jonathan Owens is looking up at the football. That happens on every Hail Mary. It's never been called. I believe actually, sorry, technically once it was called in like 2017. It's the only time it's been called on a Hail Mary. One time in NFL history. It doesn't get called. It's a Hail Mary. We all just jump up in a bunch. And that's the game. Yeah, it's winner what? take all. How do you know that that ball was thrown to Travis Kelsey? There's no way to target if that's catchable for Travis Kelsey at any point in the thing. Is the ball thrown 60 yards in the air? What are you talking about, Chris? You're good. You're you're pretty good at your job, man. What is this? That was the that's the part that I I was confused about is that this guy is pretty good at his job. Collinsworth has as my respect and I really look forward to listening to him work games most of the time, but I was really, really confused as to what was going on there. Like, and it led me to wonder, like, does Chris Collinsworth have, like, Taylor Swift standing next to him ready for, like, a triumphant interview, you know, at the end of the game? Or, uh, like, what, what exactly is prompting that? Because he was talking about, like, the, the no-call before they even showed it on the replay to us which I just could not quite understand what was going on there as to... Because I've, I've watched him call on. Hail Marys that didn't work before. He doesn't do that other times. He's never said that about a, a, a push in the back of Dalton Schultz. <laughs> yeah, that, I, he's a, I, he's a weird I don't know one. what happened. It just went on and on and on and on until I went like, I can't fucking watch this anymore i gotta close it i'm not watching the post game i'm out i'm done you missed uh you missed aj Dillon coming out for the post game i saw the images so i <laughs> I, I, I didn't miss the part that mattered uh that, those freaking guns dude a man knows where the weight room is <laughs> a man is aware of its location <laughs> he can tell you the exact part he can he can draw you a map that's a wild a, a absolutely just a what a sequence these last four weeks. I mean, you watch the Packers kind of squish a very bad Rams team underneath their thumb, and then you watch them go to Pittsburgh and play what might have been the worst game ever, and then you'll know, reel off three straight against a cup a mediocre team and then a couple of good ones, and now you're going up to New York to play the Giants. Curious if uh, if you're thinking about being in attendance for that one. That one's in your neighborhood Absolutely. again. Absolutely not. I, I, I've i made the journey to MetLife once before. I will never return. Okay. Uh, you're done with it that. It is not worth my time. I will watch that on television. That phase of your uh, life is over. Tickets are cheap. I already, I already looked it up. Uh, tickets are, are relatively cheap, but it is it is not worth getting home at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, on one, and I would rather watch it on the television. We got an interesting matchup right now because the Giants are, you know, they're, the Giants are about as as rolling about as well as a four and eight team are going to be rolling, coming into Week 14, 
in that they've got themselves a bit of a Jeremy Lin situation happening right now with Tommy DeVito. And, you know, clearly, like, when you're a team that's had to suffer through Daniel Jones for uh, for a little bit, like, and, and a quarterback comes in, you win a couple of games, you're going to start feeling better about him. But um, Tommy DeVito has started uh, the last four games for the Giants. He's been sacked 21 times. And uh, <laughs> to the strength of this Packers team at the moment is still the defensive line and the pass rush. So I I tend to like what I'm looking at for this matchup here against the Giants because I, I Devito has been just absolutely under duress the entire time he's been in the backfield. Um, to his credit, he looks like he's really distributing the ball around. Like you know, all of his all of his games, he's he's going everywhere with it. He's doing what a what a guy who's kind of trying to just keep everything from blowing up the, for the season. He's doing what those guys are supposed to do. But uh, I like this matchup. I don't know that the uh, yeah I don't know that the Giants quite have quite have what they what their fans hope they have right now. Uh, Mike, I want to I want to come back to something you said early on, which was the, the Giants have had to suffer through Daniel Jones. Um, I would like to change that to have chosen to suffer through yeah, Daniel Jones because that. they gave him one hundred and sixty million dollars after being pretty bad. That's a bad idea uh, for most of his his rookie contract. Um, no, the Giants, Tommy DeVito is, is not very good. Uh, no one should fall for the, the trap that he is good. Um, my worry with the Giants is this guy, uh, his name is Saquon Barkley. Um, and he does the thing that the Packers are really bad at defending. Uh, he does that really well. Um, and so I, I think it's likely that the Packers can shut down the Giants' passing offense. I think that the Giants' uh, rushing attack will do what it needs to do. And all we get to watch for is can the Packers continue to score at the rate that they have been scoring, and there won't be an issue. Um well, I think the other thing that you look at in this matchup is when you look at what New York has done their last two games, their two wins, um, their defense has taken the ball away uh, by interception six times over those last two games. And so yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not Sam Howell out there for the Packers. It's, it's Jordan Love, and I do believe in his ability to throw stupid passes right to the defense. I've seen it. But... <laughs> <laughs> but all the He's same, still like, young. he does that. Like uh, Sam Howell appears to be developing a, a mastery of that at a young age. So, Sam Howell uh, is gotta, giving me. Got to be careful. Sam Howell has been putting on a his best uh, Jameis Winston performance um, this year. He's leading the NFL in pass yards. He's also leading the NFL in uh, interceptions and sacks. Uh, he is throwing the ball a lot. He's turning the ball over a lot. He's getting sacked a lot. And he's making some crazy plays a lot. Um, he's he's doing his, his Jameis impression. And it's fun to watch. It's electrifying, as long as you're not a Commanders fan. And who I is? Like uh, uh, yeah, I know nobody you, who respects themselves. I know I know you've been a, been a Howell guy, which is... Yeah, I, I was kind of the first I learned about him was on this podcast where you're you're talking about him, and I'm going like, all right, I'll take your word for it that there's a guy named Sam Howell. 
But he's uh, fun. He's he's Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, which I'm like, that guy should always be starting on a team. That's entertainment. Uh, I think that he's pretty good and as good as the commanders could do. And they're not going to do any better. So they shouldn't get rid of him just yet. He's also insanely cheap. He's a fifth rounder. Yeah, he's thrown uh, 14 interceptions. Um, yeah, he's done one a game. <laughs> That's game. what he's doing. That is, That's his game. That is a lot of them. Uh, he's on pace to get sacked the most in NFL history. This guy is gonna—he's <laughs> gonna put up far numbers. He's gonna break records. Which Just like, let him yeah. fucking play, dude. Just let him go. He's fun to watch. He's gonna make a throw that you've never seen before, and then he's gonna throw the dumbest shit you've ever seen. Also, like Ron Rivera thinks that Sam Howell he's a gives him Riverboat Ron quarterback. Yeah, get the, he thinks that he, they get, he gives him a better chance than Jacoby Brissett right now. No chance. Which is <laughs> no chance. Kobe should be starting. I like Sam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's more fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, I've never watched Jacoby Brissett play quarterback and been like that was fun. I had a good three hours. Yeah. No, I walked away going like, ah, man, uh, that's a that's a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback if i ever seen one. Ah, Sam Howell, like, there are days I walk yeah. away and go like, dude, he could be top five. And there are days I walk away and go like, that's the worst quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> this guy should be playing in the German leagues. <laughs> that guy should be playing in an intramural flag football league. Uh, love Sam Howell. Huge fan. I want to – I oh, man, he's the best. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting a first look at uh, a first look at Tommy DeVito, but yeah, my goodness, the uh, the New York Giants right now are in are in a a real pickle. But you know, you take a look at how Saquon Barkley has been going the last couple of games, and you know, I think I think what I'm seeing because he hasn't been up over a hundred yards rushing in in a bit for for New York. What I'm seeing from him is I think he's got the same problem that the rest of New York has right now is that there's no offensive line on that team. I don't I don't there's, know that he'll be able to accomplish much even against a, a pretty bad run defense in Green Bay. There's not a lot of anything uh, for the New York Giants. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be closer than we should anticipate. I think the Packers' Vegas line the other day I checked was six and a half. They were favorited, which would be, you know, the the, the general idea is you give three points to the home team. So they would have the Packers as almost a 10-point favorite uh, on a neutral field, which is nuts. Uh, That's like a call. That feels like a college football line. Um, Now, the the injury situation for Green Bay is what it has been. I think you are looking at a one-score game in, in some direction. I would I would think yeah. that the Packers would have to would have to play pretty badly to walk away on the wrong end of it. But all the same, like you know, New York is going to play you at this point in the season at home. Like you're not yeah, you're not getting seen, out of it easy. We've seen this Packers team play really bad against really bad teams multiple times this year. Uh, so it's it's possible they lay another stinker. I don't think this one's in the bag. I'm not getting fully wrapped up in the heat of this three-game win streak. Uh, but they should win. You would hope they win. They should win every game on the rest of their schedule this year. You look at the they rest of the schedule, I love the rest of their schedule. 
Giants and then I, home he, against T- Tampa Bay on, on the road against the Panthers on the road at the Vikings and then home against the Bears. Like that he, is he you could not ask for a better ending schedule. Like it doesn't make it easy, but you got the right one. You are tell you what, it's the end of week 13, you're 6 and 6. You've got a chance. You know, we 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 open the year saying like this is a this is a nine and eight, ten and seven, eight and nine team. That's within reach. They can do that. Uh, so we'll see. I you know, depending on the resource that you look at, this Packers team is a fifty percent chance to make the playoffs, sixty, seventy-five. Um you know, it's this could be a this could be a playoff team in Jordan Love's first year, and the the way the offense has picked up the last few weeks, like that, they might be a little bit of a a little bit of a a, a, a threat in the playoffs to do something, uh, depending on the matchup. Yeah, couple couple more notes before we uh, we say farewell. Um, I know that people have. People have been rightfully pointing out how poorly all the players that left the Packers, particularly like the uh, Aaron Rodgers guys, have been doing where they ended up. I know, you know Lazard Cobb can't get on the field in, in New York. Adrian Amos, uh, like these are, you know, I think a lot of the guys who left the Packers, Rob, Bob Tunyon, I mean, I, I forget that he's in the league most weeks. He's a bear. Yeah, he's he's on the Bears, and he's got some someone named Cole Komet who sucks playing in front of him, taking all of his snaps, eating his lunch every day. Like it, it is kind of, kind of impressive to see that like in the past, you know, you're thinking of, uh, well, I'm thinking of Adrian Amos and I'm thinking of the guy who went before Adrian Amos, the safety that we let go to San Diego and, uh, you know, JC Treader, the center that I thought could have anchored the line for another six or seven seasons. You know, in the past, you'd watch these guys leave Green Bay and go like, oh, we should have held on to one and a half of these guys. I don't really see anyone from last year's team that ended up somewhere else that that I think would be helping right now. Yeah. Uh, nobody's looked good. Um, you know, Micah Hyde. Yeah, that's who I was isn't, thinking of. Yeah, he went to the Bills. Um you know, he 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 would he would be, he would be helpful. Yeah, uh, he, but he's very like good. The, the Rogers guys that left with Rogers to the Jets, yeah, none of them have done anything. Um, and it's just opened up more playing time for guys like Dontavian Wicks, who's been near the top of the league in you know yards per route run and separation uh, per route run and like open percentage and and all these advanced wide receiver stats he's been at the top of it like he's he's incredible uh and we're we're, i i i think dontavian wicks is we're we're gonna see a leap from him next year this year it feels like they're still getting able to give him snaps uh but the like the you know randall cobb and alan lazard and you know, those are guys that were fun to watch, and Alan Lazard was good at blocking. And yeah. I, I was a big Lazard guy. And one of the like, things that he never was was open. Yeah, he was never open. He was good at making a contested catch, but he was 
you yeah. know, he was projected when he came into the league to play tight end because he ran like a four six seven or a four seven something in the forty. He was he was a big, slow, strong guy, and he was he was good at that. You know, contested catch stuff and the, but he was never open. Um, and Cobb is 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 old, and Tunyon hasn't looked the same since his ACL. And but yeah, the team looks a lot better going through this refresh uh, than I think people anticipated. Couple of cool. uh, yeah, a couple of other league notes. We're not going to break down all the games that have happened since we last podcasted because I don't have another hour uh, this evening. I don't remember been, them. There have been too many. Yeah, and you got hit in the face yeah, by a baseball. Injury. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, we we we've been on the IR for uh, for a little while here, folks. It's <laughs> not been working out, but uh, I do want to. I want to. I want to touch base on the Bears, who are now four and eight, and uh, I am. I I've been like. <laughs> I've I've been someone who didn't believe that the Bears were capable of destroying Justin Fields until like very recently where I started to realize like oh my god they're destroying Justin Fields how are they managing <laughs> I'm I'm amazed that they're managing to do it cuz boy for like for a guy who look can look as good as he does I still think that he's going to end up somewhere and all of a sudden it's going to be like they fixed Justin Fields <laughs> whereas like that man looks like he is he is in purgatory. He is not like Mitch Trubisky. He is not he having out. a good time. <laughs> Justin Fields is the Bears' leading rusher. <laughs> he's having uh, a bad yeah, time. He, he's I think Justin Fields is good and could be really good to great elsewhere. Um but I don't trust the Bears to do absolutely anything with him and and for that i hope that they draft caleb williams or drake may so they get to ruin another quarterback um and then they ship justin fields out somewhere so he can be good elsewhere uh and then they do the same thing with caleb williams or drake may in a couple years send them somewhere so they can be good elsewhere uh and draft somebody new to destroy him the bears right now i believe are slotted for the number one pick uh, courtesy of the Carolina Panthers, who made the worst trade in NFL history uh, last year to trade up and get Bryce Young. Well, uh, you know, we'll see what the Bears do with it. They've also they're also going to get a high pick uh, for their for their record. So yeah, another bit of Bears chat was uh, Mitch Trubisky getting uh, getting a little prime time action last night on Thursday Night yeah. Football. Oh boy, um, can't help but uh, can't help but. Uh, Love his ability to earn NFL paychecks for something. How's he doing he, that? He so he signed like a what like a two and a half million dollar deal with Buffalo. Sat behind Josh Allen, threw like ten passes, and then signed with Pittsburgh for like fifteen million dollars or something. Fourteen, fifteen million dollars. Absurd. Uh, good for you, Mitch. Um, and you know we should mention it because he's been released now, but. Uh, Good for you, Tim Boyle. Yeah, absolutely. You. I'm proud of you. Yeah, quarterbacks you who have come, yeah, quarterbacks who the Packers have decided were not worth the time and effort. See also Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a Packer for a minute and a half before the Packers were like, absolutely not. We should give this guy to Sean Payton. And Sean Payton said, I'll give him eighty million dollars yeah. to do the weirdest job in the NFL, and the Saints are stuck with it. Yeah, and they they are trying to make it work. <laughs> I give them. They're, 
I, I like that is way too much money to pay for Cordero Patterson. Because you could <laughs> just worse. sign Cordero Patterson. Yeah, you could get him, and it would be an improvement. Yeah. Um. No, good, good for Mitch. Good for Tim Boyle. Uh, good for Taysom Hill. I, I suppose. Yeah. Good for Bailey Zappi. I, I also suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. He gets something. Mac Jones probably won't play the rest of the year. Bailey Zappi looked not like the worst quarterback in the NFL last night. Um, yeah, Bailey Zappi nearly nearly beat Green Bay last year. He did in a in an emergency performance. And uh, the other the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here is, of course, just a little because we already touched on the uh, the Lions. And uh, where they're sitting, but also Minnesota right now. Of course, like teams have gotten a little bit of film on Josh Dobbs, and so they they know a little bit more of what to do to take this guy away. But I'm just worried that like Minnesota's going to find themselves in a situation where they start overthinking it, where like you you get Josh Dobbs and you're like, oh my God, Josh Dobbs, it's an emergency. You have to get out there, and we're just going to have you run like the playground sets for uh for this for this game and like do your best and we love you buddy and then like he goes out there and and does a pretty good job and now like four weeks in it's maybe it starts to be a matter of like all right josh dobbs now you're gonna do vikings football instead of like playground football which like maybe you want to keep on like freewheeling with this guy a little bit because you know you want to talk about teams who are six and six and in the hunt they're in the same hunt the packers are I wonder if, you know, the next two weeks go poorly for the Vikings. Say they're six and eight. Say they're six and nine. I think they'll start throwing in Jaron Hall uh, and seeing what he's got. He was he was their, their draft pick this yeah. year. Um, who I expect I didn't expect them to make the Josh Dobbs trade. I, I figured they'd just roll with Jaron Hall. Um I think we're a loss or two away uh, from them. Just going like, all right, Jaron Hall, what do you got? Whatever. We already sent the draft pick for Josh Dobbs. Whatever. What do you got, kid? Um, you know, Dobbs hasn't looked terrible in Minnesota, but it is impressively difficult to go from team to team midseason in the NFL as a quarterback or like a true skill position, like wide receiver. And... Be good. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work to learn those offenses and to pick it up instantly is nearly impossible. Um, I, you know, I wonder if Josh Dobbs is a guy that they re-sign or have stick around uh, for next year in case of emergency with Kirk Cousins and his Achilles. I doubt that he's going to be back for the first game of the year next year, um, but. I don't know. The Vikings are an enigma, and they always will be. I yep. never know what that team is. Well, if you've got Justin Jefferson coming back, like you really, you've got nothing to lose by like throwing out like a two-read run passing scheme to Josh Dobbs, and hoping mm-hmm. that hoping that guys like Alexander Madison can can give you uh, three and a half yards a carry to keep keep the defenses at least a little bit honest against it. But yeah, if you've got a guy that that is known for being open and a quarterback who like is known for his ability to improvise and make quick decisions. Like, 
you know, and the rest of their schedule looks pretty pretty decent. Other, you know, at Raiders, at Bengals, and then Lions, Packers, Lions, which is a pretty wild way to finish out uh, December. You go from you go from the Christmas Eve game uh, against the Lions at home if you're Minnesota to the January seventh season finale in Detroit. That is a lot of Minnesota Detroit football to take place over that stretch of time. Yeah. Concentrating the division battles there for Minnesota. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Mike, what do you think? Packers playoffs? I would love to see it. I think I think if uh, if the Packers are able to win on the road against New York and and show and then get a little bit healthier, I think they make it. I wouldn't expect a lot out of them, but uh, but at the same time, like if they can come out and look the way they've looked for the last two weeks. And continue taking care of the football. Like they are gonna. I mean, I'm talking about like, if they make the, uh, if they finish the final game and over these last five, end up like plus five in the takeaway giveaway. I think they make the playoffs. I think it's really on this defense to just get the ball out and take it away. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a team that's gonna land squarely in that ten and seven range, which just might be enough. And I am hopeful and excited for the first Packers team in my memory to be a playoff team where I go like, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. We're playing with house money. Every team, every Packers playoff team in my life has been either I was so young that I didn't know uh, anything about the NFL and I just thought we should win it and I'm going to be devastated if we don't. Or it was... Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback, and God damn it, that means Super Bowl. That means Super Bowl or bust. Sure. And it's been heartbreaking every year. Uh, And this year, I'm excited for, like, the potential of, like, you know what? This is going to be fun to just be be there. Put up a fight. I've been hard on Aaron Rodgers, and he deserves it for being being a weirdo. And saying things that are just calculated to be to be vague and and aloof and irritating for for years now, but I kind of give him credit the way that Aaron Rodgers is talking about Jordan Love, like he's he's not getting into Love's business. I understand if you're Rodgers, you probably don't give a fuck what the Green Bay is doing with their quarterback right now. You probably don't care, but like this is a guy you've known for for three seasons and worked with, and. I gotta say, for all the times that Aaron Rodgers gets a microphone in front of him and says the dumbest shit on earth, like he's actually he's actually said some some really I think smart and and very very like fair stuff about Jordan Love in the last week or so. Um, I think that for as much of an uh kind of a a, a dumbass as he is about science and wanting to be yeah. smart and right. Uh, by all accounts that I have ever read or seen, Aaron Rodgers seems to be a terrific friend. Uh, to all, you know, if Tim Boyle is not getting paid, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't say, no. pay this guy, you know, <laughs> he seems to be good at that part of life uh, and bad at the general public handling. And I am the smartest guy around. Um, He's in the LeBron James phase of things where like, you know, there were guys like who is that guy? Um, um, Mike Miller. 
Yeah, South Dakota boy. How much? (laughs) I knew you'd know him. Uh, How much money has LeBron James made sure that Mike Miller made in his career? You know, James Jones, these, 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 uh, these scrubs that that LeBron needed around him in order to win. Yeah, J.R. Smith in Cleveland. J.R. Smith. Yeah, he he made a lot of guys a lot of money, and Aaron Rodgers has done the same thing. Shout out Um, to J.R. Smith. Dude, I fucking love J.R. Smith. NCAA man. golf sensation, J.R. Smith. He was he was great. I believe he was the last player to come out of high school into the NBA. Yes. Um, I think he was committed to UNC and decided to go to the NBA. Uh, yeah, and then it no, ended up as a varsity golfer on the University of North Carolina Tar Heels uh, golf program after retiring from the <laughs> NBA because he had all of his NCAA eligibility left. <laughs> good for good for Jr. Man, um, no, that's that's where Aaron Rodgers is. I've enjoyed watching his, uh, just the clips of him talking about Jordan Love. You know, he seems very genuine, uh, and and good for him. Yeah, know, it's a different far... if a different it's a different side of him too. Because like when Rodgers talks about his guys, it's a lot different than when he's talking about like science. Because he turns, it's like he be, he becomes that guy. He, he is an entirely different tone of voice, and he starts to like pull out those vocabulary words, and then you get angry at him. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Rogers when don't he talks about his about. friends, is the guy that I really liked in like 2014. He's he talks about it. He talks about Jordan Love, and I go like, "You're the guy that I like to listen talk." Five years ago, he talks about science, and I go like, "Oh, buddy, shut up." Please stop. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've I've got to watch Pat McAfee and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and AJ Hawk have a. Well, it's like Sun Tzu said. Oh my God, we should cancel the idea of television. Matt, Take that's that gonna... Ayn Rand book off your <laughs> shelf, Aaron. Come on, you ever read that? That's like uh, it's like the noted philosopher uh, Plato used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Ah uh, yes. <laughs> uh, who's your cheesehead for the last uh, last indeterminable amount of time? Cheesehead. I mean, it's got to be Jordan Love. It's got to be Jordan Love. I think honorable mention to Matt Lafleur if he gets to count. Yeah. Um, honorable mention have, to Keyshawn Nixon from me. That's fair. Because because uh, I, I tell you, you just uh, you need a guy you need a guy who's fearless. Keyshawn Nixon is fearless. I think this team is. Uh, has learned learned a little bit bit of something about themselves, and we're going to learn a little bit more about them um, on Monday night when they go up to uh, beautiful MetLife Stadium with, uh, with no no Matt Mellum setter in attendance. Uh, good seeing you, buddy. You uh, glad to glad to see we've both been out out for the count with uh, with various maladies for a minute. So uh, glad to see you back on your feet and and making sense. And I can. I made it through an hour and a half of talking, so I'm going to give myself a gold star for that one. That's something I haven't been able to pull off for the last three days, so that's good. I think you go make some tea, Mike. It's good to see you. Yeah, man. Good talking to you. Breathing and talking easy. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll catch up uh, next week or maybe next year. Who the hell knows? Right here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Until next time. Stay cheesy, baby. (laughs) 